And welcome to the Save Sphere Podcast. This is episode six. I'm here with Dan. I'm Kevin. What's going on, everybody? I think this week we're going to be covering some Souls-like games. Yes, that's why I've been trying to talk darker and grittier. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I can yes. see that. Um, so, I guess we can start off with just talking about Remnant, right? Because me and you have been playing a lot of Remnant lately, and that's kind of brought back my love for Souls-like games, because it, it was kind of like, a, I wasn't even aware that it was a Souls-like game until we started seeing like the bonfire system that was, uh, that was utilized there. Um, so how do you feel about that so far? Um, it's definitely a Souls-like game. I feel like it's like a, a Souls-like light. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's, it's not the full-on, super unforgivingly difficult. It still has its challenges, but it's not as hard as those games. I mean, though, like, with Dark Souls 1, Dark Souls 1, I mean, was super hard the first time you played it, but after you beat it, right, you know, and you went back to it, and it was all, it's all pattern recognition, so, like, once you went back to it and stuff like that, you know, the game did get a lot easier. Like, it's not, I don't think it's necessarily as hard as people make it out to be. It is that there's definitely just a way to play those games. Yeah, and I may, yeah, we may have just gotten better at them, so it seems like it's easier that's that's definitely true. Yeah. Um so what's the what's your favorite Souls like game? Um that's a tough question. <laughs> I would say probably Sekiro. It's between Sekiro and Neo, the Neo series. See, definitely. Yeah. Neo for me was just unforgivingly hard and I didn't even actually play the game I played the beta when the beta was a thing and I just remember like you know going through the entire opening thing and you would get to fight the one Oni right and it was such a hard fight and like you were like god this has got to be the boss of this whole demo right and then you beat that Oni and then you go to the next area and literally all the enemies there are that guy I was like I don't I don't want to do this like (laughs) um it's similar to like what we were just saying about Remnant though is that it's not it doesn't follow the same exact mechanics as dark souls so it may seem really difficult at first but once you figure it out it's actually i think a little bit easier overall really yeah maybe i'll go back and uh, give that one a shot then but just just mainly because of the map layouts like it's in dark souls i remember if you lost on a boss you got sent like 30 minutes back and you have to like trudge your way all the way to that boss again. Neo feels a little more arcadey in the level design. So if there is really tough bosses, but you're like right there. So you just go right back to it and kind of Sekiro is like that as well, which is why I like those two the most. And I was able to actually finish them versus yeah. dark souls. I just got so aggravated. I just, I gave up on one, two and three. Really? Even though I, I, really like them in the whole world they built. It always has this dark brooding tones to it, but meanwhile has this super melancholic music and like really bright sunrise. It's like a cool mixture of personality, but it's just the actual system of going through the whole level again just to fight the boss. I just I couldn't do it. Where did you uh where did you get in uh Dark Souls dark before Sol- you quit up? Dark Souls 1 was Ornstein and Smo. Yeah, dude. Yeah, <laughs> That's dude. where I stopped, because just getting to the boss was one thing, with all those guys shooting the spears at you. <laughs> you <laughs> up in, like, the rafters. Yo, you're talking when you have to walk across that one little pillar? Yeah, and, like, every the, time. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In Dark Souls 2, I don't remember. That game kind of felt like a wash to me. And then by the time I got to Dark Souls 3, I feel like I've done it all before and i had only have got through the beginning of that game i haven't gotten very far and then yeah. bloodborne same thing by that point i don't yeah. know i feel like i've played them all already so bloodborne i didn't i didn't even give a chance to but i played it say, for a little bit a lot of like a lot of people say that bloodborne's like the one of the best games of all time and all that but like i do i don't know it didn't, didn't catch me it just yeah, didn't. i feel like it took all the stuff I liked about the Dark Souls games out of the Dark Souls games. Like, all the leveling up, and I loved, like, grinding for different gear, and there's all the secrets everywhere. This game didn't really have as much of that. Or maybe I just didn't play enough. 
Yeah, and I think that's a big thing is, like, I just didn't give it enough of a chance, but I didn't feel the need to, you know? And, like, I guess it gets really, like, Lovecraftian in the, the level design and the bosses that you fight, and, I like, I'm really into that stuff, but, like, it just felt like, I don't know, I was in Transylvania, you know, doing some weird shit. Like, I don't know, yeah. I just, that's not my, that's not my, my jam. Yeah. Um, it's funny, though, Dark Souls 1, the, the boss that you quit on, is, like, the only time I've ever physically broken a controller in my hands was fighting Arnstein <laughs> Smoke. I, I snapped it. Like, I, I was so angry. I think I died, like, 36 times to that boss. Like, because, like, if you focus one of them, the other one just comes up and just, like, like hits you as hard as they freaking can, one-shots you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. The entire, that entire in Orlando scene, like when you're climbing up the rafters and you're going through it, it was just overwhelmingly difficult. But I think that's when I decided that I liked those games, right? I think up until that point, because when I beat Ornstein and Smo for the first time, I have never felt that way. You know what I mean? I've never felt that way since. Like that was the first time I ever <laughs> felt like I, I, I accomplished something in a game, right? It wasn't just given to me. Like I worked so hard to get through that. Um, and I think that's what like cemented my love for Souls like games. Mm-hmm. That actually brings me to a point too. Um, ever since I played Dark Souls one, even though I never finished it, I feel like I compare all games, all action adventure games, to that style now, and it almost makes it harder to get into other games because they just feel so casual compared to Dark Souls. Because I remember getting so into Dark Souls, but then I go back and like try and play something that's what's an example like uh star wars fallen order and i just can't get into it because like, this is it just feels like a chintzy version because they did such a good job of creating that genre see i liked star wars the fallen order and i think it's because i just really like souls like games and even the chintzy ones like i'm, I'm still a big fan of yeah. but like you know the for Star Wars, it wasn't that hard of a game, right? Until that last boss, and then the last boss was a t- like a typical Dark Souls last boss. It was like incredibly really, yeah. impossible. You had to time all your parries correctly. You know what I mean? And like the entire game didn't gear you towards that. So that was kind of like a surprising end to it. Like I was thought it was just gonna be like, all right, I'm gonna beat this guy yeah. first shot, first or second shot. Um, yeah. I, I don't know if I would necessarily compare it to most action adventure games and say like they're like kind of chintzy ripoffs, but it's something that I do look for in games now. Like as soon as I hear that something's a Dark Souls game, I'll usually give it a shot. Right. Mm. Notice the deepness of those games. It, there was just so much to it, so many stats and abilities you could be leveling up. And if a game doesn't have that now, I f- I feel like I I'm missing something. Like it's missing something. Yeah. Um. I, you know what I really liked about Dark Souls, like, 1, 2, and 3, though? Like, one of my biggest, like, things that I that I enjoy about that game is that there is a story there, right? There's a really good story there, but they don't tell you it. You have to look for it yourself. You have to look and, like, you know, read all the items and, like, where like what their descriptions say. And, like, you kind of have to piece it together. Yeah. Um, and I really enjoy that aspect of that game. It's not given uh, to you. And that's another thing I like. It's old school in that sense. Because a lot of games just give you a bunch of cutscenes, and you'll and then the game becomes very formulaic. Like you'll run to a checkpoint, see a cutscene, fight a boss, cutscene, run to another checkpoint, cutscene, and that's like the whole game. Whereas this, it's just you just play the game the whole, and then you figure out the story by playing it if right. you want to, or you just go through it without it, which you don't even need to know the story. It's still really good. And I think the only cutscenes that are in Dark Souls is like when you're walking into a boss's lair and like you see yeah. that opening cinematic of them and you just see it that one time and every time after you, you go into it, it's just go time, right? You don't have to see that yeah. cut sit through the cutscene again. And I really like that and I respect that a lot when it comes down to games because you're right. Like like as, as much of a fan of stories as I am, like games nowadays, all they do is feed you like story and cutscenes and and, yep. and all this stuff and i like the the aspect of like trying to find it myself and looking for things and like i want to research certain bosses to see like what their what their whole shtick was um so yeah. you know let's talk about some of the, the 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 mechanics that we like in a souls like game yeah i want to talk about like what defines the genre itself because there's tons of games that use swords and you know you're a knight and you travel through a castle but what makes it what it is how did they because it really is like its own genre at this point Mm -hmm. i mean first and foremost is the bonfire system right and i I think that that, that's like the biggest like 
draw to a Dark Souls game, right? So you have that that area you go to, that's your checkpoint, right? But every time that you're sitting at it, it resets everything that you've done so far. So anytime that you sit at a checkpoint, like if you if you go through and you fight a bunch of minions, you're finding out that you're, you're low on life, you go to back to a bonfire to reset your life, you have to go through that entire area again and fight all those same minions. Um, and I think that's like one of the biggest biggest things that makes a Souls game a Souls game. Mm-hmm. It almost reminds me of like, it's a 3D realization of old-fashioned side-scrollers. Yeah. That's a good point. Because I never like thought about side that Because, like, old side-scrollers, like, if you lose, you go back to the beginning, like, Super Mario World. I mean, there's not... Then you just add the bonfires and the leveling up and all that, but the core yeah. mechanic is, like, a side-scroller. I never even would have put two and th- that together. So that's yeah. actually, like, I, that kind of blew my mind right there. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, I mean, obviously the bonfire system is a big one. I think the other thing that makes them what they are is like the difficulty, right? And yeah, you know, in terms of difficulty, you know, I, I, I we kind of loosely touched at this at the beginning here. You know, the games are difficult, right? But everything has a pattern to it, and I think it's it's a lot of based on pattern recognition, and mm-hmm. I, I like it's 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 kind of hard to describe, right? But if you walk into a boss, right, you and you die at this guy like 30 something times you start timing like his swings like okay when he makes this noise he's gonna swing his sword in this amount of seconds and i can if i dodge this way you know i'll get i'll get like two or three pops off on him and then i can back up and just do you know start that whole sequence over again um and i think that's that's another big draw of them i was thinking um the the way the characters move they have a clunkiness to them but it's not like in, in a negative way it's just almost like a weight that other games of other action games don't have like god of war you're kind of just powerhouse you can just power through but you can't really do that in those games because of just like the weight of your character every action has a very strong reaction and i like that because that's a sense of realism right like you know i'm playing legend of zelda breath of the wild right now right and i can just scale a mountain and just you know jump up and scale that you know and then get up on the top of it take two seconds and then go in full sprint that's not well, a realistic well i don't is it, <laughs> well i don't i don't think he is he's a he's a, he's a hylian um but i i just think that there's an intent there's a realism to it right so it's like you know if i'm in full plate armor right and i'm about to do a stupid dodge to the right it's gonna look slow it's gonna look like idiotic it's gonna it's gonna be a, you know, a moment before I can get back up on my feet. Um, whereas in Breath of the Wild, I'll have full, like, heavy armor and just roll around like it's nobody's business. Um, yeah. There's no negative to wearing that armor in, in like, and most of these action-adventure games, but Dark Souls really makes it a point that if you're wearing, wearing heavy weights... You know, weights, I, there, there actually is a difference. There oh, yeah? Is heavier, there, yeah, there is heavier armor in that game. It does make you slower. It's, okay. not, it's not as intense as Dark... Like, it's pretty much, like, just... It's not as gradual and... Um, detailed as, but it does have the mechanic. Right. Well, okay. But I know, uh, I, I get what you're saying. I said... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's like, so, like, I'm talking, like, Dark Souls where you wear Havel's armor, right? And you try to roll, and he doesn't even do it because he's yeah. so heavy. You know what I mean? <laughs> he, like, stu- s- like, stumbles forward a little bit, and it leaves him wide open, but he doesn't roll because he, he physically can't. Um, so, I don't know. I like that about that. There's a, there, like I said, it's a sense of realism there. Right. Um, we talk about the bonfire system and at first it seemed like the world had to be this dark gloomy world but as more and more games come out they're experimenting with the actual worlds and there's a lot of games that aren't made by from software that took their mechanics and made their own thing yeah and, and a like lot I of said, them are surprising yeah like as a neo neo one and neo two are one of my favorites just because they take the whole samurai approach and um, the first one's based loosely on true events, which is cool. And they go like the whole yokai and that kind of demon world instead of the gothic medieval thing that Dark Souls goes for. Yeah. I mean, then you got, like like you said, like Jedi of the Fallen Order, which I didn't even know right. was a Souls-like game until I got it. And I, I started playing and I was like, holy shit, this is a Dark Souls <laughs> game. Um, and... 
was a really interesting take on it as well, right? Like, you know, Star Wars games, for the most part, you always think of, like, you know, pretty easy hack and slashes or, like... Um, Knights of the Republic. Yeah, Knights of the Republic, you know, it's a little bit of a slower game, but to put Star Wars into a Souls-like game, I think, was a really big risk that uh, they took, but I think it was really, really well well done. Um, yeah. Really big fan of that game. Hmm. Um, one that caught me off guard was Hollow Knight. Mm-hmm. I didn't. Really, I just kind of saw it on Switch one day. I was like, "Oh, what's this?" I was like, "Holy crap! I didn't know about this. This is amazing." <laughs> yeah, and it's, Solid it's a side scroller, but it has pretty much everything in Metroidvania has. It has the difficulty, has the mechanics, and it has all the level ups and power ups and secret passageways and even the music. And it's a very consistent bug world. Yeah, I was a big fan of Hollow Knight. Um... Big, I was a big fan. I think my, my one buddy like went through and like completely 100%ed it and like fought all the bosses over again wow. in like multiple ways. I'm like, yeah, no, I can't do that. But it was a, still a really solid game, and it's funny because it is a side scroller, right? But they still somehow managed to kind of keep it to the same aesthetic that uh, right. that a normal Dark Souls like game would have. Yeah. Um, another one, which is not as as much of a souls like but it still is in my opinion a steam world dig 2 is the one i played have you ever played that before i have not it's kind of like hollow knight except you just you're you start on the top of the ground and you just have to dig down into the earth but it gets really difficult the farther you dig down and there's checkpoints along the way and there's a level up system and it's it can be very punishing it's it has all the same elements, but it's it's interesting. It's like a totally different approach. Do you fight enemies, or do yeah, you just yeah. dig? No, you do. No, yeah, you do. Interesting. Yeah. I'll probably have to give but, that a like shot. Like the then. map is just blank, and then you create the map, and more of the map opens up as you dig through. But if you dig in the wrong spot, stuff will fall on you, and it has hazards like that. Oh, that's yeah. actually pretty cool. But it, within that, though, you'll see little pockets of like little areas that you can unlock with as you dig lower and lower and lower. It's a short little game, and it has a cool story along the way. Is it a side-scroller, or is it a th- like it, a 3D game? It's side-scroller, yeah. You'll mainly go up and down, though, because you're always digging. <laughs> <laughs> that's actually pretty dope, though. I'll, uh, I'll have to give that a shot if I see that on Steam at any point. Um, yeah. Does it have, like, the bonfire system kind of thing in it? If I remember, yeah, because, um, yes, it does. There's, like, little tubes that you can shoot you back up to the the surface level, and then you can go back up and do get upgrades and stuff. It's like the Firelink Shrine. Okay. And then when you go back down, are the enemies still there? Are the enemies respawn? Yeah, they reset. They respawn and reset. Yep. Interesting. Yeah, I'll have to give that game a shot. But it's not, like, dark at all. It's just very... It's, it's dirty. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I'll have to give that a shot because I was going to, I was going to say like, you know, I don't know how I feel. I was about to say, I don't know how I feel about side scrollers being souls like, but then I just remember we just talked up hollow Knight, Like, yeah, right. you know, it was one of the best ones. So yeah, I'll definitely give that a shot. I'll see what's, what, what's, what it's looking like on steam. Yeah. A f- few more was, um, I haven't played this one yet. I probably will eventually when I, get rid of my backlog my backlog that's ridiculous a code vein is a vampire souls like <laughs> okay yeah it's made by bandai namco bandai namco i think and it's pretty much just a soul it's bloodborne except you're a vampire and everything's like bloody and stuff see i don't know how i feel about like vampires anymore like yeah, i feel like they're just it overdone. seems very yeah very, it was like a very anime approach too. It's not like a a gritty, realistic thing. It's more of a anime style. Yeah, and I just feel like with vampires, man, nothing's gonna do it better than Castlevania did. Like, yeah, that's that's the vampire game to me. Everything else is just like, meh. It's not Castlevania. And there is one more I know of, but I can't remember the name of it. But you pretty you wear like junk. You're like in the junkyard, and you wear like car parts and stuff. I can't remember. In my okay. Compl- the Surge. The Surge 1 and 2. That's what it is. Okay. That's another one. I don't one. think I've ever yes. heard of them either. Um, Yeah, it's like a, it's a Souls-like. It's, it has everything, all the same again, except you're just 
in this futuristic world and you like where you put machinery on your body and you're really like big and bulky because you're wearing all these parts on you never played it but it because it, it didn't look too appealing to me but it's another one <laughs> okay all right when did that come out because i've never actually even heard of that mm. the first one came out in is this 2017 oh, okay so it's pretty recent yeah and the surge 2 came out last year i think 2019 yeah well, well, let's go back to Dark Souls here, because obviously that's the one that, that, that completely started that genre. Um, you know, it's funny that you said that Dark Souls 2 was kind of a wash, because I've played them all, right? And I've played them all, like, several times. I remember almost nothing from Dark Souls 2. Yeah. And I don't know why. It was so. It was just not a memorable one to me. I remember this one part where you're in this forest. <laughs> go figure. <laughs> right. And there's, these gi- there's, like, these really tall knights everywhere big big knights with giant swords and then there's um like people just hiding in the woods and i remember i just kept going back and forth and i kept like cheesing it trying to get them to follow me out so i don't it's like i just remember weird moments like that are you sure that was dark souls 2 because that sounds like dark souls 1 when you first go into the the woods and there's that whole dungeon party that's waiting there for you could be. <laughs> That's why I said Dark Souls it was a wash. So. Yeah, you because in Dark Souls one there's a there was a pretty pretty cool exploit that you could do um, when in that area where you would go in and there would be like a whole dungeon party waiting there and you could get them to all chase you and then if you you're right you, you they hit, all jump off right they all just yeah, one okay. right after the other jump yeah. off the edge yeah <laughs> it's pretty pretty stellar leveling for early game yeah. Um, if they hit you, they one-shot you, but they can just kill themselves, and that that, that mm-hmm. makes everything better. No one is about Dark Souls 2. I was just thinking, I think, didn't they take out all, like, the interconnectivity? It was, you had the main area, and there was just, like, branches, and you pretty yeah. much just went back to the main area, went one way, went back, went the other way. There wasn't, like, Dark Souls 1 had this, like, amazingly crafted level design where everything linked together and shortcuts that go here and there, and... Yeah, and there were some areas that you didn't even have to see to beat the game. You know, like there's, I think the what was it, the Valley of the Drakes or something like that, was a completely optional area, right? It, and if it would link somewhere else, but you could completely skip that. Um, so it, it's it's funny that you brought that up because I think that it is a huge part of that, right? Is like there was this exploration aspect of of Dark Souls One that I really enjoyed, whereas Dark Souls Two just didn't it didn't have that. Right. Right. Also, the bosses don't, aren't memorable to me either because I don't remember a single boss boss from Dark Souls Two, but I remember all of them from Dark Souls One. Yeah. Let's let's talk about some bosses. I do remember I do remember a lot of bosses in Dark Souls One. You want to talk about Ornstein and Small, or is that still too? Uh, let's start still, there. Let's start there. Yeah. Because that's the one that got you to quit. So yeah. <laughs> Ornstein and Small was the first boss battle in that game, which in an already difficult game. Where it was two of them, right? And you had Ornstein, who was super fast and would hit pretty decent. And then you had Smo, who was super slow and would one-shot you if he hit you with his hammer. Um, and it was just you by yourself. Um, so if you were trying to like focus down like small or something like that, Ornstein would just come up out of nowhere and just, just start poking you. If you were trying to focus down uh, Ornstein, Smo would just knock you right out. But the, the worst part about this this fight is when you did finally kill one of them the other one would just absorb them and gain their powers so i don't know but i never got that far so yeah so <laughs> if you kill ornstein because ornstein has like electricity small will walk over to his dead body and hit him with his hammer and then gain the electric powers on top of him being so now he's fast strong. and electric yep and hits like a goddamn truck um and other way around so like it's one of the most difficult battles in that game like unbelievably difficult it's it's i think it's harder than the last boss of that game um and it was also the it was like at the halfway point it wasn't even like it was just like oh hey like you know you're halfway through the game congratulations here fight this this fucking incredibly hard boss and like i said i i had a harder time with him than i did the final boss of that game wow (laughs) what was your strategy how did you figure out how to take him down uh again it was pattern recognition i would yeah uh, it took a long time yeah it took a long time but it was it was focusing down small first um that's this big guy right that's the big guy because he was too slow to react 
sometimes, so you could get behind him, get a couple of good pot shots off on him, and then as soon as Ornstein, you would have to keep Ornstein in your viewpoint, and as soon right. as he started moving towards you, you just f- run and just repeat. It took me a very, very long time to do that. <laughs> I'm sure there are better ways to do it online, and I think it's it's uh, people suggest it's easier to go after Ornstein first, like lure him away from Smo, and just right, wail he's on so him. Slow, yeah, right. Um, yeah, but my strategy was just kind of going after Smo for a little while and just hoping, hoping to God Ornstein's didn't catch back up to me. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Yeah. Maybe I'll. You know what? I've tried to play it again though, and it's just after all the other ones have come out and they've refined it so much, it's hard to go back to Dark Souls One after like Bloodborne, Dark Souls Three, Sekiro have become so much tighter and so much this crafted in a modern era it's hard to go this it doesn't feel that good anymore when it when i first played it on xbox 360 yeah and dark souls one is you know you you mentioned it, it's like intentional clunkiness almost but like dark souls one is very clunky like yeah, even there might even be some unintentional clunkiness, clunkiness yeah in there. it's it's kind of rough sometimes um but, you know, I, I think Ornstein Small, once I beat it, became my favorite boss in that game because that's, like, my biggest memory with that game. Yeah. Um, but then you have, like, bosses like the Moonlight Butterfly, um, which is an incredibly hard boss fight if you're not prepared for it because um, it's the only one that you absolutely need range damage for. And if you do, if you walk into that fight with no range, you're dead. You can't do anything against it. Right. Right. Um, what I liked about that fight is how it just floated up from the ground like all the other bosses before that this big epic entrance where this epic battle music came in and like the bell gargoyles right they it was like very dissonant music they came jumping in from the tower and then the other one jumped in and then but then you get to the moonlight butterfly you just walk in and this peaceful music starts and this big butterfly just floats up from the ground right that yeah, I, I, and it's like that was like one of the very few ones that didn't have a cutscene for it. Everything else had a cutscene, yeah. and it was this whole big deal. And you're right, like that was a very just like, here it is, like you know. Um, I don't know if you got to the wolf, uh, Sif, but that was one I of my favorite so. fights. Think so. He has the in the forest, right? Yeah, he's the he has the sword in his mouth. Yep. yep. That was, I mean, that was one of my favorite battles. I think in that game. Um, because fe- I felt bad for killing the wolf afterwards. Because yeah. they find out it's like, you know, he was the companion of like one of the knights of like the 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 more important knights, like uh, you know, in in the Dark Souls lore, who got corrupted, and you know that was his grave, and the wolf was guarding his grave, and it was just this whole thing. I actually kind of felt bad for killing Sif afterwards, but like it's just such a cool fight because you just you'd walk in this just giant fucking wolf just wielding a giant sword in its mouth, and you're like, all right, yep. Some some something's about to go down here. Right. Uh, my favorite boss in the whole game uh, um, was actually the hardest time I had with a boss besides Ornstein and Smo. And me and my friend Sigma, we called him Tom. <laughs> Big Tom. Tom was not really a boss. He was a mini boss, totally optional in the um the undead berg like right when you get through all the obstacles and then you go up into the tower for the first time but if you don't go up the tower and you go down into like this little cove you just see this black knight sitting at the end of the alley there and then he just turns at you and starts charging at you and that guy took me so long because it was like the first very difficult encounter in the game and I remember just going through the area so many times trying to beat Tom. It took me forever. But I was determined to do it right there. I didn't want to go back to him later. And I just kept trying and trying and trying until I finally got him. It was an amazing moment. And then you realize afterwards that there's there's like several of those guys all around. Yeah. yeah. But the other ones were all easier. That first bl- one, though, the first, the first time in the game was the hardest because you had no idea it's your first time seeing this game this whole mechanics and everything and all of a sudden this really unforgiving boss comes in and like two shots you i had that with the the boss on the bridge um the big the big dragon fat dragon 
No, not the big fat dragon. The big the big guy that would charge across the bridge, like the big troll thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because that was like the first boss of the game. Um, yeah, right. You know, you're running through the undead burgle, you said. If, I mean, if you skipped, you know, the, the black knights, you know, you may have skipped them. But for the most part, you're just fighting just lowly fucking undead guys that take like one or two shots apiece, right? And once you master that, it's like, all right, this game's kind of easy. And then you go in through those, that fog gate, and this thing just starts charging you. And you have no idea what you're supposed to do, yep. right? It doesn't give you any inclination of how to fight this thing. Like, so you just like draw your little dinky sword and your shield. You're like, all right, let's let's do this. Um, before you finally figure out, you, there's a ladder behind you. You can climb that ladder right. and like jump down and like you know try and do the execution move on him. But like that was a gr- great introduction for like bosses in that game because it gave you no inclination of what to do. It's just like you're in, go for it. Right. Uh, right. And I remember dying on him a lot of times. I mean, he was frustrating. He it, like he was probably second to Ornstein and Small, the most frustrating boss of that game for me. The first time I played it, because I had no idea what I was. Yeah, supposed just to be it was doing. so new. That's what, that was like Tom. Yeah, big Tom. Yeah. Yeah, but now I go through, and I'll, uh, even like if it's a fresh save, I can usually beat yeah. the Black Knight's first all shot. All those or... early bosses, yeah, all those early bosses, I could just pretty much zoom through at this point. I think the fastest I ever beat Dark Souls one. I was on New Game Plus 7, and I beat the game in, like, three or four hours. <laughs> yeah, because it's just, like, I knew what yeah, to one, do. You can, you can just sprint through, though. You don't have to fight anybody, really. You can just sprint through and fight the boss if you want right. to. Right, and, like, as soon as you, like, your gear is all leveled up, like, New Game Plus 7 was, was, was cake, right? Because all my gear was fucking top, top of the line. Um, you know, I was, like, one-shotting stuff. But then, you know, New Game Plus 8 all of a sudden kicked in, and everything got, like, super, super difficult. Um, and I decided that it's probably in my best interest not to do that again. Yeah. <laughs> so, which ones have you given up on? So, technically, Dark Souls 3. Because there's yeah. an optional boss in that game that I didn't beat because I got so angry at it. And <laughs> I realized that I was it was not good for my blood pressure. Um, which was the Nameless King. I beat every I beat the game. I beat every other boss in that game except for the Nameless King. Um, because when you fight him... He's on a dragon, and when you killed the dragon, right? You think you killed the boss? He just jumps off, and you have to fight him now. So like, I, hate I that stuff. <laughs> once I got done, like once I finally killed the dragon after like twenty times, and then he jumped off. I was like, Nah, dude, I ain't doing this. And I like, yeah. shot, I, sh- I shut my play my game off, and I was like, I beat that game. Nah, I'm not. I'm never going back. To yeah. It. Um, but Bloodborne is the other one that I just I couldn't I just couldn't do. I just c- couldn't ever. Get, I've tried to get into it many times, and I just. Always stop, not because of difficulty or any reason. I just stop. Yeah, like, I same. get to a point. I'm like, this is. It's almost too dark. Like it's dark to the point where you can barely see anything. Yeah. <laughs> like it's only dark. I like Dark Souls because it's very dark, but it also has the super bright sections, and, and like those moments of peace. Yeah, it's like it's like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like where Texas Chainsaw Massacre was like the first horror movie that took place during the day, right? It like showed you that dark events can still happen during the day, right? And I like that about Dark Souls because you go to Ain Orlando for the first time and it's this big, beautiful golden city, right, with ivory towers and stuff like that. But there's some shit going on there, right? There's some dark ass shit going on. Um, And that's kind of why I like that. Whereas, whereas Bloodborne is the most I played Bloodborne. It's all very dark. It's very sinister. It's very just. It's just unforgiving. Like it's just this really gross world. Um, And again, it's just got that Transylvania aspect to it that I just I. I don't want outside of Castlevania. Yeah. Or Bloodstained. Or Blood... Yeah, I, I actually really <laughs> like Bloodstained. <laughs> um, but... I don't know. There, there was just something about it. Like, and, and I've heard, like, a lot of my friends who played it, like, you know, they really enjoy it because it's got, like, that Lovecraftian aspect to it, right? And yeah. I didn't even realize that was a thing. Um, you know, and I'm big. I'm a big Lovecraft fan, so I love, like, Lovecraftian horror and stuff like that. And I, I think that I, I want to give it a try again, but I just can't get past the initial beginning of it. It's just there's something with the parrying system, using the gun instead of a shield. Like, I just don't like that option. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking back, and I definitely didn't finish Dark Souls 1 or 3 or Bloodborne. I think I may have finished Dark Souls 2. I remember finishing one of them, and I think that might have been the one. So, do you remember what the boss was? No idea. I actually want to look it up <laughs> just to see if I can remember it. 
Because I remember the DLC boss was the Scholar of the First Sin, and the only reason I know that is because that was the title of the DLC. You know what? I think I did. I did beat Dark Souls 2. I definitely fought that guy. The Scholar of the First Sin? Uh, it says Nassandra. Sandra. Nashandra. Yeah, see, that's the thing. Dark Souls 2, it's just like, I don't know. I, I played through it. I know I beat it. Yeah. It's just completely wiped from my memory. Cool. And I still, to this day, say I bought, I beat Sekiro, even though I never really finished the last boss, but I could if I really wanted to. So, yeah, I, I finished you. that one too. Um, I, do plan, I do plan on going back when it comes out on sale on PC, and I'll probably go back and try it again because I played on PS4. So, you know, I had the in- input lag and all that to do. Yeah, right. Absolutely. <laughs> you, know, it's, you know, it's a funny story about Sekiro. Um, is when I first got it, right, um, I got stuck on, uh, what is his name? Gini, Gini, uh, the, other, the other samurai that shows up, the lightning guy. The owl? No, the, the one that you fight on top of the roof for the first time. What is it? What was his name? Ganeshiro, something like that. Ganeshiro sounds right. Yeah. No, that's the main guy. That's the main boss. No, it's not. No, it is because it's yeah, Ganeshiro. It's I the think. guy who cuts his arm off in the in the beginning of the game, right? You you go back yeah. and once you get to the it's tower, Ganeshi- you fight yeah, him Ganeshiro. for the first time. Yeah, Ganeshiro. Right, right. Okay. Um, I remember getting stuck on him, right, and like just having a miserable time. And I met texting my friend, like, you know, I'm I'm stuck on this this boss, and he was like trying to give me some tips and stuff like that. And then, like, a couple days later, I had, uh, you know, a couple people over, and he came over, and he goes, Hey, man, I just want to try something really quick. Do you mind if I try fighting Genoshiro? I'm like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. Go for it. Um, and he beat Genoshiro the first shot. <laughs> and there was, like, this, this this mix of emotions that I had, right? I was like, all right, cool. I don't have to fight that boss now. Like, I can move on. But then there's also the point that, I'm like, I didn't do that. Like, somebody else came in and did this for me. And this is already, like, 11 hours into the game, right? And I've fought lady butterfly i fought all these other hard bosses this entire time and i struggled to get to that point um and i, I like i started was like all right whatever i don't want to do all that again right so i continued playing on for a little bit like for like two or three hours and i was i looked at i was with my girlfriend at the time and i looked at her and i was like i'm starting over i'm starting over i can't i can't know i can't go on knowing that i didn't beat this <laughs> boss right i like there's just like guilt that was building up inside of me i com- Deleted my save file. I went back. I started a new save through. I got to him in three hours and beat him the first shot. I don't know what <laughs> happened. Like I beat you Lady Butterfly out. the first yeah. shot. I beat I like Lady Butterfly. I remember struggling with the first time I fought her, and that's when I realized that in this, in Sekiro, what makes it so different from from Dark Souls or Bloodborne is it rewards you for being aggressive. Yeah, right. Definitely. Whereas, Whereas Dark Souls, you don't want to be too aggressive because you're leaving yourself wide open. Yeah. Sekiro, you have to be aggressive because that's how you build up their stagger. That's that's how right. you that's how you actually. If you're just hitting them once or twice and then dodging away, you're not doing anything in the long run. Um, you're you're sure you're very, you'll off do a little. very very. You can beat bosses like that. You can kind of it's, but that's like considered cheesing it pretty much. Right. Like it, it rewards and you. For it being makes it harder aggressive. in the long run, especially some of the later bosses like the big the headless ape and stuff oh yeah that was a that was a, that was a really hard fight too yeah but yeah no i i and that's why i realized that you, you have to be aggressive in that game and up until that point i was playing like that i was shaving off health of things and like dodging and coming back yeah. i was playing it like a typical souls game but i don't know what happened when i when i deleted my save file and i just started over i was like i'm just gonna i'm I, like i just this rage built up inside of me and i was just ready to go you know what i mean i got to him in literally three right. hours and beat him the first but shot the, it just shows that you build skills playing games you know, like yeah. you built the skill of Sekiro and you got better at it. And the second time it was much easier. And then I got stuck on the owl and I haven't beaten that game yet. Yeah. Yeah. The owl is a hard fought fight. That one was. Yeah. But that game is actually tiring on your senses. Like, especially those kind of bosses that are just hard hitting. You have to just keep parrying over and over and over again. Yeah. And it's, it is. It rewards you for being aggressive, but it also punishes you really hard if you make a mistake. Like, if you get hit, you're done. Yeah. <laughs> because you can't farm up and just get really tanky like you can in the other ones. It's just based on mechanical skill. Yeah. 
and it had a really a lot of a lot of really cool s- sub bosses in it too if yeah. i remember correctly yeah there was a bunch of like just like tougher regular enemies that were really good fights yeah I, I really enjoyed Sekiro for the most part. I, I should go back to it, but, like, I, I don't know. I think after getting to the owl and dying, like, three or four times, I was like, I don't want to do this again. I don't want to call my buddy over to beat him, and then I'm going to have to start the whole game over again yeah. just to beat him on the first shot. I really... The last boss is definitely the hardest, just because it's it's so intensive, and it's just an onslaught for three rounds in a row. It's similar to the last boss of Dark Souls 3 where it's there's like three different phases you have to keep going and going and going and going it's i just didn't have the stamina to do it so i just okay i beat this i'm done yeah the last boss of dark souls 3 was the soul of cinder right i don't know never got there oh yeah 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 (laughs) yeah no i i don't know i i really enjoyed sekiro i thought it was a really well done game and Mm. i i do want to go back to it and i think it's probably one of the most well done of the Souls series because it's very smooth it's so tight yeah it feels like it was built off that system but it feels like it really refined it right and i like the fact that it it did reward you for playing aggressive um because for the most part you can play a dark souls game pick up and just be like all right i just have to be defensive this entire time and i'll win um whereas that was like that's not the case at all so Neo 1 and Neo 2 were the ones that I definitely put the most hours in, and they're not really from software games. So those ones, you said, were way harder. But at some point, you should go back and try and play it to see if you can figure out the mechanics first. And you'll see that especially Neo 2 is probably even easier because they give you more tools to deal with stuff, even though yeah. it's technically harder. But it's just, it feels more forgiving in the way the levels, I said it earlier, the way the levels are set up. Because you can just go back. If you lose a boss, you're like right at the, you die and go back pretty much to like right before where the boss is. So you can just keep trying it. And it's more grindy. Like you can grind for gear and stuff more so than. All right. Well, I'll play that if you play Star Wars. Fallen Order. I could try it. Give it a shot, man. I think you'd really like it. It's 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 yeah. pretty fun because it it's the typical Souls like game, right? But it adds force powers into it. So instead right. of having to like time your attacks, right, you can just force push a dude off a ledge, and that's just mad fun. I don't know, like you, you'll <laughs> fight like some some harder enemies every once in a while that you can't really use your force powers on. You just have to like you know fight them like in a typical Souls right. Souls mentality. But all the so, dregs you can just like throw off the edge, and I, I don't know. Yeah. There's something about that that's super fun. I'm not gonna commit to that right now. I have. A lot of things ahead of me. I have Xenoblade Chronicles, which is around 100 hours. So I don't want to get distracted by something right now. I want to actually finish this one. No, that's fair because I, <laughs> I I also have a backlog too. I mean, I'm yeah. playing Breath of the Wild again for the first and time. I Last of Us Part Two is probably going to be a day one buy for me, so I need to have Xenoblade Chronicles complete by then. I'm a busy when is, guy. Busy when is guy. Last of Us Two coming out? <laughs> it got delayed till July 14th or something. Gotcha. Whatever the Tuesday is, I think. But yeah, I gotta, I gotta finish. Uh, I, there's a couple of games in my backlog too. Wolfenstein's up there. Wolfenstein Two, the, yeah. the 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 New Blood. Um, which, if you haven't played the new Wolfenstein games, you should because they're you know, just great. I'm not really a first-person shooter adventure kind of fan. I know, so, I know this one's probably different, but but I've, I just can't get into. I can't stick with them. If Bethesda does something right. Besides the Elder Scrolls games, right? Because obviously they're great. But if Bethesda does something great, it's it's remaking like those old first person shooters. So like Doom One was amazing, um, and I'm not a big first person shooter fan either. Wolfenstein One and Wolfenstein Two are incredibly great games. Like I, I love them very much. Um, there's something just so satisfying about like. Like, I had a tough day at work, right? I'm going to go home and just shoot Nazis. Like, I don't, I, there's just something there's something about that that's, like, fun to me. You know what I mean? It's just, like, like they're bad guys, right? They're, 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 those, are the, those are the bad guys, right? I don't feel bad about doing hmm. anything like that. You know, that actually brought something up for me as well. You just said, like, when you have a stressful day at work. I was thinking today, it's been a stressful week for me. I actually don't like playing video games when I'm stressed, or I don't like playing... Heavy, heavy story games when I'm stressed anyways. Like, really? Because I, I, I feel like I get distracted. I can't focus on that game itself. So, I was thinking that today. 
Cause I've, I've been busier. I have like, I have my master's course started and like I have some stuff at work that's, I'm just busier and a little more stressed than usual. And, um, I'm having tr- trouble getting into a game and just sitting there and playing. So when you're stressed, you don't play a Souls-like game. It's like it's kind of yeah, pretty much yeah. yeah. Or and so, honestly, like any, I don't like playing games in general when I'm stressed. Really? Do you have yeah. any sort of? Do you have any game that's like your go-to, like feel better game? <laughs> League of Legends. <laughs> <laughs> No, honestly, I've been playing Warzone a lot because it's just like easy. You just jump in and, you know, just run around. I like playing the the blood money mode because it's yeah. like Battle Royale, but you respawn. And it's all about just getting a ton of money and you just run around doing crazy stuff. I don't know, man. It's always been Skyrim for me. Uh, that's yeah. what I always go back to. If I've had like, like, you know, I, you know, this is something that, you know, I've talked about in the past, probably not on here, but like I, I deal with, you know, um, manic depression. So, like, I have my 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 super lows and I have my super highs, um, and I get my super lows every once in a while, right? And every time I do, I always install Skyrim and I play another save file. That's how you know I'm feeling <laughs> a type of way if you see me yeah. on Steam playing Skyrim again, um, because there's something about just being in my own world, right, and just being this 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 super powered person and just sniping people with arrows and stuff like that. That like it builds me back up, and I think that this it's a it's a really important thing, right? When we talk about like, because um, obviously mental health is a huge thing in our society nowadays. Like, and I think video games yeah. really help that, and I, I think that that that's like, like I don't think I'd be where I am now, like as stable as I am, without having video games as some sort yeah. of outlet. See, for me, I really like video games after I get rid of my so I get through my stressful stuff. Like if I have. Let's say I have my massive class right now. After I finish my paper for the week, then I feel, okay, it's going to be great. I can't wait to play Xenoblade all night after I finish that. And that feels really good to me. But when I have something looming over me, I have trouble getting into it. I think that's the difference between me and you. I think that's why it's you like know, opposite. <laughs> yeah, you, you. I think this is why you went on to get your master's and I didn't. <laughs> you know? like, when I, I didn't even go to college. I was in music school and you have to you're required to practice on your instrument at least three hours a day i would say if you really want to be successful and what i would do to mitigate that i would practice 20 minutes and at the time i forgot i think it was pokemon black and white were out that was like the newest one i bring my 3ds to the practice room play for like 25 minutes and then play like five or ten minutes of pokemon practice for another i'd do like sessions and i'd just stay there all day practicing going <laughs> pokemon practice pokemon and it, it, it worked i got a lot of practice hours in just by doing that yeah now for me it's just like as soon as like something something difficult happened i would be like all right well i'm gonna go to play video right. games or something i don't and know like i just don't want to talk to anybody <laughs> like recently i've been having a hard time with heavy story games because you really have to invest yourself into it and you just want to dive in and play forever but I find that hard a lot of times, so I'm so I play the game so slowly until I eventually lose interest, and then I have to just move on to something else. So I've been trying to really just commit to one game recently, and not just play so many different ones. Like it happened to me with Bloodstained. I was playing, I was playing, but at this point, I've just lost interest. I'm pretty close to the end too, but I don't think I may I may never finish it. I don't know. It, Bloodstained definitely had a drop off point though. Like you know, mm-hmm. as someone who loves playing games for the story and loves getting through them, Bloodstained definitely did have a point where I was just like, I don't really want to play this anymore. But I'm so yeah. close to the end, I just have to do it. Right. Um, good ending. It was a good game, but it was just like there's just yeah. there was a fall off point for me. Yeah. Okay, there we we do have um, do feel like there's too many Souls games, but I actually think we should save that because there's another topic in the future I think that'd go along well with of do you think there's just too many games out in general right now this oversaturation, but I think we should save that for another episode and then we'll yeah. include that in that. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I would, yeah, because I have a lot to say about that topic. Um, yeah, definitely. So, <laughs> same. All right. So this has been um, episode six, and we're actually taking a halt on the game roulette for a while. It wasn't working out quite how we thought. 
we may yeah. bring it back in the future. Maybe when we have more followers, more listeners, bring it back. We, we also now, got stuck on Remnant. You know, right. that was the last game <laughs> yeah. we led, and we're still playing Remnant, yeah. so... <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, we th- it was, I think it was wishful thinking to think that we were going to be able to just play a new game every single week. It's not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just, it's just because, we're like, at this point, we just need to beat Remnant, right? We're, right. we're, we're at the point where it's just like, all right, I, I, I want to see what happens, and I'm enjoying this game so far. I don't want to just yeah. put it on the back burner like the other yep. 70 freaking games in my Steam library that have been on the back burner for, for years. Exactly. And the multiplayer element helps. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. But we will be streaming that, um, you know, quite frequently, so be sure to check in. Yeah. Fridays for sure. Fridays at yes. nine. And I think we're close to the end of that game, so maybe we'll be beating it soon. See, I thought so too, it's, but I don't. I know, know. it's short because it's like procedurally generated, so it's kind of hard to tell exactly our progress. But I'm pretty sure we're getting well, we, through the main elements. So when we got back to that one area, though, there was like several other like spl- splinter points. I think there's like three or four more like worlds like that we have to go to. Yeah. Oh, really? Okay. Well, I guess we'll find it. We'll have to check in next week on episode seven. Yeah. We're getting up there. Wait, no. Yeah, we're on episode episode seven. <laughs> cool. All right. All right. Awesome. Well, See thanks you. for tuning in, guys. I'm going to end this episode with a song created by Justin the Sigma Enigma Sestra. And I myself played saxophone and another buddy of ours, Michael DeMarco, played drums. Here it is. It's called Sigma's Dooley Beaver.